Hey yo, welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed stuff love and a whole lot of real talk, but let me just say this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. I am recording this week's podcast episode per recommendation of my nurse fam, specifically new grads, nursing students, and anybody in their career who is feeling like an imposter. And I went ahead and I did a Google search on this concept of imposter syndrome. And it's something that maybe you've heard about before, maybe you're completely brand new to the concept, but it's a psychological pattern in which people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a quote-unquote fraud. So maybe you've experienced this in your life and you didn't know that it was imposter syndrome, or maybe you're able to identify pretty clearly when imposter syndrome comes up in your life. And if you are somebody who is new to the personal growth world, welcome. I am so excited that you're here. This is a podcast for you because truly I am a believer that we all have untapped potential. We all walk around with it. And my goal of this podcast is to help you uncover those limiting beliefs and push through any barriers that you have to build and become the best you. Because I truly do believe that we all have a unique superpower. You have a unique superpower and that is the power of you. And with imposter syndrome, a lot of times people walk around shy and timid, filled with a lot of doubt, really the scarcity mindset of I'm not meant to be here, I'm not good enough. And for you, maybe this looks like when you are sitting in clinical, you look around you or you're sitting in class and you like look around, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't belong here. And I think back to when, so I went to like a big 10 school, I went to the University of Iowa, my like gen chemistry class lecture hall had over 500 kids in it. And my nursing program specifically was really competitive. And I remember the first time I went in and I sat at my advisor's desk and we were like mapping out my coursework and time for me to apply to nursing school and all of that. She was like, I just want you to know, like when you look around you in your classrooms, like your big lecture halls, only like point some odd percent of you are going to get into the nursing program. (laughs) Like talk about a self-esteem like just smash. I was like, so every time I walked into a lecture hall, I looked around me and I was like, do I belong here? Do I fit in here? Am I good enough to get into this nursing program? And then again, once I did get into that nursing program, like FU advisor, um, (laughs) anyways, that's a whole nother tangent, got into the nursing program and it was a lot smaller cohort, a lot smaller classes. And again, those feelings persisted of, am I good enough to be here? Or maybe it is as a new grad, you're going into your first solo shift or you're going into your first preceptor shift and you really doubt your abilities you doubt if you learned enough in nursing school to qualify you to be an rn like with an active license right or maybe you've been in the career the profession for six months to a year and as you're putting in orders or as you're passing meds or as you're doing assessments you take a step and you're like wait like who allowed me to be here and these feelings of doubt creep in 
oftentimes when you're doing something new, when you are allowing yourself to be, be a beginner, when you are allowing yourself to try a new skill or put yourself in a new environment that you're not quite so familiar with. And to me, I say, hell yes, that's a good thing because I'm all about growth and you don't grow by doing the same things every single day. And so a lot of people look at us as um, imposter syndrome as a negative, but truly it can be a positive. It can be a light to tell you like, hey, I'm proud of you for trying this. You might not have it figured out yet, but you're putting in the work to get there. So I wanna give you just a couple of tips around imposter syndrome and kind of walk through a couple of real life scenarios of where imposter syndrome comes up in my life and where it might be coming up in your life too. So the first one is identifying the feeling in the situation. So kind of like we just talked about, knowing when that feeling of like, whoa, I don't quite know what I'm doing. I'm going to be found out. Somebody's going to call me out on my BS. Maybe you're going in to put a, you know, an IV on like a real patient. It's not a mannequin anymore for the first time. Or you're going in to do your first assessment. Um, and identify that feeling that comes with it. Because a lot of times it's going to be this feeling of like unease. It's going to be this feeling of doubt. You know, you really questioning your own abilities and your own skills. And so when you know what situations are your trigger for imposter syndrome, you're able to prepare adequately going into that situation. Like telling yourself, okay, I know this is the first time that I've done this. I know this negative limiting belief is going to come into my head, but when it does, what am I gonna do to counteract that? And one thing that I personally love to do in life, in business, and career is a book of proof. And a book of, a book of proof essentially is all the reasons why you can, all of the reasons why you are qualified, all the reasons why you're going to figure it out. And one thing that I did as a new grad, and somebody else had recommended this to me on like the Instagram community, I can't quite remember, um, but it was three good things. So after every single shift, I would write down in Actually, I did mine on sticky notes, I think. Yeah, I did mine on sticky notes, but you could do this on like your phone journal or you could do like a physical pen and paper, but I had sticky notes and I would write three good things that happened after my shift. And then I actually took the sticky notes and I crumpled them up and I put them into a jar. And then when I was having a lot of doubt or when I had a really tough shift, I would go back to that jar and I would pull things out and I would look at those all of those good things that happened to me during my shifts, whether that was things that patients said or the way patients made me feel, a positive interaction with a co worker, you know, getting to try a skill for the first time, inserting an IV like successfully on the first try, whatever it was, it was those little wins and those good things that happened throughout my shift that I held on to. And so a book of proof is essentially just a place for you to go to validate that you're qualified, to validate that you can figure it out. And your book of proof might have things like for me, in the business space, in the podcast space, I screenshot all of the podcast reviews and I put them into a folder. So if there's days when I'm not feeling like I want to record a podcast or when I'm really having this imposter syndrome creep in, like, are you quite worthy of being in the podcast space? I go back and I look at those reviews. Or if clients send me text messages or I have nurses send me wins in a DM or I have a friend who sends me like a really uplifting message, I hold on to those. And like sometimes like when my grandma will send me cute little, um, 
um, cards, like with positive words of encouragement, I'll hold on to those too. And so basically it's just a folder or a space or a place that you can go back and reflect on to really, you know, just cheer you up, to give you the pep in your step that you need to keep moving forward. And I think a book of proof can look like a lot of different things. It could be, you know, an actual like PDF or like folder on your desktop. It could be just an album on your phone. I save all of like screenshots and wins to an album on my phone to go back and look at. It could be, you know, a folder of notes from people in your life, whatever it is. But I think it's really, really powerful to do this because it just serves as a reminder in the moments when you doubt yourself, not only that you have people who are supporting you and cheering you on that want to see you succeed, but also that you have just a way to validate yourself and your feelings and your worth. And one of the first places I think that you need to start with imposter syndrome too is speaking it into existence, like sharing it out loud that you are having these feelings of discouragement, of overwhelm. And people are going to be like, oh, I am so relieved because chances are, for example, like maybe you're in a cohort with like your clinical classmates and you guys are going through a sim lab or you guys are actually at clinical, like in like face to face with patients and you're like super nervous to go in and do your first head to toe assessment. You're not really sure, but like you get up all in your head about it and you don't want to tell anybody because you feel ashamed that you're afraid, even though you've practiced the skills so many times before. I guarantee you that there is somebody else in your circle or in your life or in your community that is having those same similar feelings. And so it's really important to normalize that we all are filled with doubt. We all second guess ourselves sometimes, but it's the people who single themselves out and decide to keep moving forward that are going to see the success that they want, that are going to accomplish and achieve the things that they want because they didn't let that feeling of doubt and negativity hold them back. And so I encourage you to identify the feelings and the situations in your life where you do feel like an imposter and share that with somebody in your circle. Share that with somebody in your community because chances are they're feeling a very similar way. And when you realize that like you're not crazy or you're not broken for feeling some type of way, it really helps you just like be at ease. You really start to just like be okay with not knowing it all. And especially in the nursing career, in the nursing profession, and really any profession in general, everything is growing and evolving. Everything is always changing. There is always something new to learn. And nobody starts out an expert. Experts were once a beginner. The person that you idolize and that you really look up to once stood in your exact shoes. And I know for me, that was a peace of mind as a new grad nurse, you know, realizing that when I was afraid to try new skills, when I was afraid to go in patients' rooms, when patients were, you know, a little bit more higher acuity or a little bit more critical, that it was normal to doubt my abilities and to question if, you know, I was the right nurse to be caring for that patient because everybody started as a beginner. Everybody started as a nursing student and they started as a new grad and, you know, they worked their way up to where they are now. And so it's really important to be able to verbalize those feelings of less than. It's really important for you to be able to say out loud, hey, I don't know. And you have to be humble enough to say, I don't know, because you are not expected to know everything in any area of your life, right? We are humans. We are not robots. We are not perfectionists. There is no human possible way that you are you could know absolutely everything that you need to know right now to do your job as successfully as you possibly could. You have to be willing to say, I don't know. 
I need help. And those words can be really hard to say out loud sometimes, but they're going to take you so much further than you could ever imagine. And you really have to just like check your ego at the door. If you're somebody who's like, no, I don't like to ask for help. I'm going to figure it out on my own. That's great, but you're probably going to stay exactly where you're at for longer than you wish to figuring it out on your own when you could tap into the resources that you have available to you. And that leads me to the next thing is learning from others and asking questions. Never stop asking questions. We live in a world where there is so much to learn, but also there are so many incredible people to learn from. And I'm a firm believer that every interaction we have, even if it's somebody that you smile at or somebody that holds a door open for you or somebody that is your waitress or waiter or whatever it is, or somebody that's helping you in the fitting room, everybody in life has a golden nugget to leave us with. If you slow down and you actually listen. You actually are engaged with the interaction that you're having and you're asking the questions that you need to ask. And a lot of times, you know, it's this fear of, well, what if it's a stupid question? Well, I know that I covered that in like OCAM or I know that I covered that in pathophysiology or I know we don't know this in sim lab. Ah, like you're like racking your brain. You're telling yourself like, I know that I know this. I know that I know this or I know that I should know this. I know that it was covered before, so I'm not going to ask. Guess what? You have to be willing to ask. You have to be willing to be vulnerable and just admitting that you don't know. And when you don't ask questions, you don't get answers. When you ask better questions, you get better answers. And so always staying inquisitive and always staying curious about what else there is you can learn. And one of my favorite things that I have um, learned as a nurse is how many different ways there are to put in an NG tube. And I actually had this interaction with a travel nurse on my unit and he was like, I know how to put an NG tube five different ways because every time I go to a new hospital, I ask them what their protocol and what their policy and how they insert NG tubes are. And I think that that's so cool because we often get this one track mind where we think that there's one way to do something. But truly, when you ask the question of like, hey, how do I do this? Somebody's going to show you something like a certain way to hold an IV or a certain way to hang a bag of IV fluids or a certain way to administer a certain medication or how to unclog a g-tube or you know it's just like those little tiny things um that you don't really think about that some people have little tips and tricks and so they're gonna be like oh well this is how i do it and as you're watching them do it you'll kind of recall a time that maybe you saw somebody else do it or the way that you learned in lecture or sim lab and you're kind of able to pull all the pieces from all the different people and places and things that you've learned from in order to form your own way to do it like yes of course there's certain protocol and policies and like the right way to do some things but at the same time everybody has their own personal flair of how they care or how they carry out skills and so there's not one right way to do anything I truly do believe that there's multiple ways to do a lot of different things but when you ask those questions that's when you get to learn the different ways to do it and the last thing I want to leave you with is to think about a flashlight and I heard this analogy in a or I read it in a book that I read Man, I've read so many books recently, I can't remember what book that it was, but it was to let yourself be a flashlight and to shine out. A flashlight only has the ability to shine one direction. And think about you as the flashlight, you shining out. Because when you take that flashlight and you shine it inward and you only focus on your fear and your doubt and your inability and your lack mindset, then that's all you can do. But when you choose to shine that flashlight 
outward and you make it more about the people you are caring for, how you can help others, how you can learn from others, and less about just yourself and internalizing all of these doubts, then you are able to grow and evolve at a much quicker rate and at a in a way that feels good because I don't know anybody. <laughs> if you know somebody, let me know. I don't know anybody who likes to be filled with fear and doubt, who's always on edge, who's always second guessing themselves. And those are all how imposter syndrome presents. But when you learn to shine that flashlight outwards and you're able to look at others as resources, you're able to look at others as light, you're able to realize that it's about your patients, it's about your coworkers, it's about the community that you serve that matters. And that's why you have to get out of your own damn way of all of these doubts and fears and instead be willing to learn and be willing to grow. And there's this quote, people won't care what you know until they know that you care. How many times have you been like terrified to admit that you're a beginner? You're terrified to admit to your patient like, hey, this is my first time doing an IV stick on a real human. Or you're terrified to admit to somebody that like, hey, I know that I learned this once, but I honestly have no idea what I'm doing. Can you show me again? You internalize that they're going to judge you. You internalize that you are comparing yourself to them, that because they can do it better than you, you don't need to ask them for help. Just learn it on your own. So that way you can like go at this war with them of like who's better or who did it better, or who can, you know, perform the skill better, whatever it is. And like nobody gives a shit, <laughs> sorry, pardon my language, that you don't know what you're doing. What they care about is that you're going to grow and you're going to ask questions and you're going to learn along the way. And I can think back like, so I do home infusion and I'm like, I be straight up with my patients. Like some people are like, oh, fake it till you make it. Like just pretend like you know what you're doing. But like, if I know my patient's a hard stick, I joke with them. I'm like, man, your veins are roly poly. Like they're non-existent. Like what the heck, bro? Like what you doing? And like, I make it fun. I acknowledge that, hey, I'm not the greatest at sticking for people for IVs, but I'm sure gonna try here. And like <laughs> your body isn't helping me because you don't got the good veins, but that's okay. And so you just have to be humble and you have to check your ego at the door and realize that it's okay if you're not perfect. It's okay if you don't get it the first time. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing, but it's not okay to internalize those fears. It's not okay to stay where you're at. And so I think that that is personally my take on imposter syndrome. And I really hope that you are able to give yourself permission to be successful and figure it out without being perfect. Because you don't ever get to day 82 of being a nurse without being at day one first. Just like you don't get to be a RN with a license without being in nursing school first, right? So as you're sitting there in clinical or sim lab or in the classroom and you're really starting to doubt yourself, you're really questioning if you know your abilities, if, you, if you're even meant to be in this space, acknowledge that those feelings of doubt and uncertainty are a light and a way to tell you that like, hey, you're doing something new and this is really, really exciting. So how can I quiet these feelings and these doubts and really just allow myself to admit that I don't know? 
allow myself to learn from others and ask questions? You know, how can I shine my flashlight outward to make it less about me and more about how I can help and serve and impact others? Because as nurses and as healthcare professionals, we're all called to the profession for a different way. And a lot of times it's a really personal story, a personal touch that you had with, you know, another nurse, or maybe it was something that you went through or a family member went through, or, you know, an extended family member or a friend or just some personal connection that you have with the healthcare world is probably why you became a nurse. I don't think, at least I personally have never met anybody who's like, oh, I just woke up one day and like thought being a nurse sounded fun. Like usually we have like deep emotional ties to why we chose the profession and it's usually about something bigger than ourselves. And as nurses, we're givers by nature. That's just in our blood. That's in our trait. That's why we're nurses. We care for other people all day long. So it's not just about you. It's about learning to be a better you, to be a more skilled you for the people around you. And I really, really want you to, as soon as you're done in this podcast episode, go make your book of proof or your list of proof. And it doesn't even have to be related to your career. It doesn't even have to be related to nursing. This can be, you know, in your, in your social life, in your relationship, in your professional life, in your personal life, things that just remind you that you are so worthy and that you are so capable and that you're doing so much better than you give yourself credit for. And the next time that feeling of doubt and uncertainty creeps in, I want you to go look at that book of proof. And I I want you to remind yourself of all the reasons why you are exactly where you were meant to be and you are serving the people you were meant to serve. And I, I just love, I love, love, love these kind of podcast episodes. And I have so many things coming down the hatch for the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. And I'm so excited to keep looping you in, but I've been getting so much positive feedback about really these nurse-driven podcast episodes. So if you love it, please tag me on Instagram at Michaela underscore Robertson underscore or slide into my DMs and let me know which part of the episode you vibe with. Even send me like a screenshot of maybe you created an album on your phone of your book of proofs or, you know, you created like a physical folder of your book of proofs. Whatever it is, I want to see that book of proof and I want to see you putting deposits into it daily or weekly, you know, I would say daily for sure, but if not 100% weekly, every single week, add something new to that book of proof. But anyways, I will chat with you next week. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.